Erin and Anna met through a forum that was part of their online schooling. She was in Iowa, he was in Ohio. They connected over discussing theology and, as of this recording, have been married for 12 years and have seven children together. I'm Tim Smith, and this is the Real Dating Wisdom Podcast, where I interview married Christian couples about their time before marriage in order to give you real wisdom from real stories of Christian dating done right. As you listen, you'll hear choice music that was meaningful to the couple during their time dating. So without further ado, here's the story of Aaron and Anna. I'm Aaron. I'm Anna. I am 32. I've been married to my lovely wife, Anna, for almost 12 years now. I currently work as a software architect, and when I'm not doing that, I'm raising our seven children and lots of animals on our homestead. I'm also 32, and I am a homemaker and a doula. So how long ago were you guys in your dating phase of life, and then how was dating typically done in that time? Oh man, we were dating-ish 13, 12 years ago, so... We're almost almost been married for 12 years, so I guess it's mostly 13 years ago. I was not involved a lot in the dating scene. My uh, my family was very much in the courtship, courtship mindset, and I can't offer too big of a perspective on the dating scene other than that in the Christian circles that we walked in, like the courtship phase was in full swing. It's the same for, for me. Uh, a lot of courtship in our community and that was kind of the expectation what was your experience in dating or even courtship what was that like for you guys i did not have any experience uh i knew what i wanted and i went after it and i got it so (laughs) um i i didn't go on any dates or have any relationships outside of aaron um so there there may have been some like flirtations as a teenager but nothing serious um until Aaron came along was that because of your upbringing or was just you know not a lot of options at the time or for me (laughs) combination of things I was very introverted and um didn't have great social skills as a teenager um (laughs) my wife is nodding very very heartily but I also went to a very small church I'm not sure there were any teenage girls my age that I would have considered or even knew well enough to have a relationship with I mean I went to a bigger church than Aaron did but everybody would they would graduate and then they would leave. They would go away to college. And so there was just, everyone else was younger than me and there was just nobody, which was a little sad. <laughs> no, it wasn't because well, yeah. I lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how did you guys meet? Oh, online. Yes, online. <laughs> Back when that was a big to do. Well, it was... It was not as common a thing as it is it is now, um, and it was not through the traditional online dating sites of the time, like an eHarmony or an OkCupid or anything like that. 
we participated in an accelerated distance learning program for uh, for our college and they had a forum for their students and we met via that forum and developed a relationship around talking about theology and other things like that so the the forum had different sections and you could talk about like what test you were studying for and tips on how to study for American government and then it had fun things like your hobbies and then there was a thread in there called Calvinism versus Arminianism and Aaron and I were on the same side on there <laughs> and passed a lot of time discussing that and telling other people they were wrong <laughs> hopefully nicely but you know we were teenagers too they it was a small group it was mostly homeschooled kids that thought very similarly to each other and um so we all and we were all weird like nobody did college this way so um this was our only friend group for a lot of the, for a lot of us there was yeah there was a definite bond that developed between a lot of those students and it, it was a fun place to to hang out and chat were you guys in the same area at the time? No, I uh, lived in Iowa, and he lived in Ohio. Yep. So. And we met each other for the first time in person in Oklahoma City. Yeah. So. Or about an hour out, outside of it. There was there that there was a, a group of us that we wanted to meet in person because now we've got these good friends online so this guy named josiah decided to host at his family's house in oklahoma a gathering for like 15 of us i feel like it was 15 of us yeah about that and um so a bunch of us were planning on going and uh i had to go to my parents and be like hey i want to go to oklahoma and meet these people that i met online i promise they're not axe murderers <laughs> and um i was very nervous but thankfully my parents said yes my mom just said i'm gonna come with you which i'm glad she came so um and then he uh was interviewing for a job at answers in genesis i did not get it and I was actually very happy because had I gotten the job, I wouldn't have been able to make the trip. And he, he logged on to the chat <laughs> after not getting the job. And he was so happy to come to meet everybody. And that was when I was like, wait a minute. He's excited to meet me, not the whole, not everybody, just me. And I was a little petrified <laughs> yes at this point i i was definitely interested in the possibility of a relationship with her i obviously hadn't expressed this to her yet but in my mind i wanted to meet her in person to see if my feelings of wanting to pursue something felt the same in person basically <laughs> and all you could see on of our pictures on the forum were little postage stamp size pictures of each other so couldn't see much and um but i when i realized that i i messaged this other girl named leah who was going to be there i was like please make sure that no boys say anything awkward to me there because i'm just nervous that somebody's going to say something awkward because the other thing was is that there was this other guy 
who had told me that he thought I was the one for him and he was also going to be there. And I had told him, I don't agree with you. I don't know you that well. That was inappropriate. Please don't talk to me about this again. Um, we had just talked about music because we both were music majors. So he was also going to be there. And then I found out this other guy was going to be there to check me out for this other guy who couldn't come. So I was... She was very popular. I was intimidated. <laughs> That's not what I was trying to say. But it's just no, the I truth, don't. though. Oh, man. Anyways. You're different from the way I thought you'd be. But here you are in front of me. So full of light, I watch it overflow. A lovely mystery. to Oklahoma and um I didn't say anything awkward but I did act very awkwardly <laughs> he didn't say much but he just stared at me the whole time and every time I looked at him he was staring at me I just didn't know what to do with that so I don't know it was a little it was again like I said I was I was a socially <laughs> awkward teenager <laughs> And, and I could only be there, I think it was like a day and a half. So, and you guys are going to be there longer too. So, and there's just a lot going on. And, uh, but I remember one time after lunch, we were cleaning up and you started talking about how your dad worked for P&G. And I was like, my dad worked for P&G too, back when we lived in Cincinnati. Um, and we played spoons a lot and... We played normal teenager stuff. Yes. We played tag in the dark. And yeah, it was just it was a fun trip. And I met her and I was extremely interested after the trip. So well, he shared a camper with the other guy that came that was interested in me. And did you share it with John, too? Mm -hmm. So so both the guys, the one that was scoping me out and the one that was interested in me, they all shared a camper with Aaron, all three of them. And they spent hours, like, into the night talking. And you left thinking that Scott, that, that I had given Scott, like, a green light and thought you didn't have a chance. And I left. I drove away with my mom. And then the next day, you were in the airport with your computer open and Scott was next to you with his computer open. On the forums, as usual. And <laughs> I sent Aaron a message and not not Scott. <laughs> I made sure he saw it. <laughs> Do you remember what the message said? Oh, no. It was something silly, it was, I'm sure. It was probably just like, oh, I'm, I wish I was there or I miss you. or It wasn't anything romantic or anything. It was just... We sent a lot of messages as a group, not just... Between, between the two of us. But yeah. Like I said, we were close-knit, even though we were online friends. All right, so what happened after after this trip? Um, we kept talking, and then just online, and then in January. December, January, you said you were interested in taking things a little further. 
Um, and I said, well, you have to talk to my dad. So, you know, my dad has not met this guy. Anyway. Your mom had. <laughs> yeah. But you were just one of like seven other dudes that were at this thing. Um, so did you talk to my dad? Did you call him? Uh, I yes. I called him. Okay. Which was terrifying. <laughs> I mean, that was such a big part of the courtship movement. Like, you talk to the dad. And so we talked to, talked to her dad, and then we started talking on the phone in January. We talked, I don't know, once. Once a week, maybe. Once a week or so. So I guess he said it's okay for you to... Yeah. Talk with his daughter. He said yes. He said that's fine. <laughs> well, and he, he wanted it to be more of a getting to know each other, not and because we were still were we nineteen? So just to like we it was like purposely getting to know each other. Um so yeah, we talked on the phone and we emailed each other a couple times. But we also were chatting on the forums too. But And Skype. And at Skype point. at that point too. Um, all the time. All the time. Yeah. We definitely got to know each other a lot better in our Skype conversations than the phone calls. They were awkward at first. <laughs> they obviously I, got better as our relationship grew deeper, but I had to talk on the the rule was I had to talk on the phone in the family room and all my you know, this is the first relationship because I'm the oldest of 12. And so all these little kids, all my little siblings think this is just hilarious and they're all just staring at me and it felt really awkward. But um, and that was hard because Aaron is very quiet and so we had to learn how to talk because talking, chatting online is different than talking in person, even on the phone. So that was that was a little bit of a learning curve. Yes. What do you talk about? How was your day? Over Especially when again. you know there are people listening. In. Yes. <laughs> so, but it, it was obvious that uh, Aaron liked me. Um, I mean, obviously, all the way back in Oklahoma. But um, I remember in February um, crying with my mom because I really, I liked Aaron and I really respected him. But I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, yes, I want to marry him or I like him in that way. I thought of him as a good friend, but I remember crying to my mom being like, I can tell that he really likes me and I don't want to hurt him, but I don't think we're, I don't think we're at a point where I can make a decision one way or the other, but, um, I was mostly sure very, very quickly that I wanted to marry her. <laughs> and I, I could tell. <laughs> she could tell. I, I, I was very intentional with that. So... And then after that, we, um, was it May, you came out to visit? Yes. I came out and met her family in May. That was extremely awkward. <laughs> it was an awkward visit. Um, but I, I don't remember if it was that time or immediately after the that trip i asked her dad if we could start an official courtship um i think it was then I th yeah okay while while that trip was going on so so back up a little bit here so aaron how did you feel knowing that 
you know, she didn't feel the same way about you right off the bat. I just want to talk to her and get things straight. In my I, I, I knew that you had had that conversation with your mom. Okay. Not long after that. Okay. Um, I think the fact that you talked about it with me gave me hope. <laughs> it was the, was wanting to share that information with me. She already kind of worked through it by the time I knew about it. Plus, we were developing such a strong friendship on a lot of deep areas and deep conversations that we were having. These weren't just you know, small talk conversations. They were really deep conversations and we had developed a really deep friendship that I kind of figured she'd come around <laughs> the we would talk on Skype and then uh, we had a chat on there and then when I'd get on the forums and we chat on the forums and he and Scott Scott is part of this whole thing Scott was always waiting too <laughs> even once we were in a relationship which was hilarious yeah so it wasn't just forums they had a chat room like yes. this early you know, that normal forum chat delay. rooms if you were ever yes. on online forums back in the day. <laughs> and yes, we would hang out in the chat room waiting for her to come join so that we could all. Scott talk. and Aaron yeah. all the time, constantly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, so I'm pretty sure I probably told you I was interested in you between that conversation with my mom in February and then when you came in May because I know in May when you yeah, came you were, I felt you were definitely I was interested on the same page with you so I think there was a lot of and we can get into this in some of the later questions but there was a lot of I wanted it to move a lot faster than it was moving number one I don't think it was moving fast enough because we were so young and there's a lot of hesitation from parents <laughs> whether we were ready for that type of a, a step in our relationship. But also just some of the stigmatism in the back of my head. Like, you don't do it this way. Like, you don't start courting and get ready for their engagement really quickly. But in my heart and my mind, I, I would have proposed to her at that point. I was ready mentally. And I know she wasn't quite ready there. At that point but I was definitely there when we started an official courtship I was I was always already head over heels in love with her so <laughs> my dad um, said yes we could start a courtship but we had we had to put together a list of questions that we needed to explore and take some time doing um, and so I put that together I think I know I did did you help did I send it and you helped? Yeah, we both, we both thought to it? through several. We, okay. we talked about it. And then we would talk like once a week and explore one of the questions together. So to May, you're now officially in a courtship. And you went back home. Yes. And so it was still the online thing. Yeah. Yes. Still a lot of Skype conversations. Less once we were an official courtship, we we weren't really talking on the forums at all anymore. It was mostly over Skype uh, and talking that way. So, like video call. Yeah. Occasionally. 
sometimes we'd have it on while we were doing our our school in the back like and then you could switch the screen so they were just there for hours at a time um but we wouldn't necessarily talk that way um we talked on the phone yeah we talked but at that it, point we... it was less public then at least on my end of the phone i could i talked like yeah we were on the we, front porch and we were talking it was more private privately at yeah. that point didn't have small children listening in <laughs> At I mean, that we point. would talk late at night as well. Mm-hmm. And you'd have symphony practice. Oh yeah, I was in a the uh, the Sioux City Symphony Orchestra back then, um, so I'd be at rehearsal or I'd talk to you then. But I mean, not much changed other than going through some of these purposeful questions and. And I would fly out to see her. Wait, wait! You can't skip that far ahead. No, I mean, oh, the next right, one is you're right. <laughs> you're getting it all mixed up. Yeah. Next is June. Next is June, <laughs> where her whole family came out to meet my family. Before we get there, I'm wondering how did your conversations change now that you were officially courting? Not too much. I mean, it wasn't like this huge shift because still felt weird and uncomfortable, even though like now i'm actually really interested in him romantically it wasn't like you know like i don't know it didn't i don't know i the the phone calls were in my opinion a lot less uncomfortable (laughs) yeah but all throughout the whole relationship was just a gradual becoming more and more comfortable with talking to each other and just because we talked so much online I mean, it was, it felt very much like we were a part of each other's daily lives, even though we were 500 miles apart. Well, I think part of it too, is it became okay to kind of explore topics that hadn't been okay in a friendship setting. You know, like, what is it like before it was like, what are your interests? And now it's, what do you expect married life to look like? And so that's just a different level. Yeah, and we we so. connected. It wasn't just the topics, but connecting more deeply on an emotional level. Yeah, yeah. Which really grew our relationship. Were most of your conversations like theology related? At the beginning, not as time we, went on though. Yeah, we. Because we knew we knew what we, we, we had our theology <laughs> score right away. That was. <laughs> they say don't talk about theology at first, but. We talked about theology a lot because we yeah. loved talking about theology. <laughs> they were just more and more intimate conversations about life and feelings and hopes and dreams and being a part of each other's lives and interacting with how that was happening. Well, and we also enjoyed like talking. We both loved the artist Owl City and talked about his music and listened to his music. And I love to tease Aaron and... On the on Skype, they had the little emo emoji, you know, with the black hair, and it would swoosh out of his face, and he hated it. And so I would always put that in the the, the chat just to, to tease him. He'd be like, "Stop doing that." <laughs> so I no, there, there was a lot of fun to the conversations. It was very easy to have conversations with her, but they definitely got a lot more deeper as the the courtship started. You'd be north.
did you both stand theologically when you were dating? Uh, I was Baptist and Reformed, five-point Calvinist. <laughs> My family were Sabbatarians and kind of in like John Piper-esque where uh, open to the gifts being, continuing. I was not going to a Reformed Baptist church at the time, but I would have more, most closely aligned with a Reformed Baptist position. Um, so Reformed, Calvinistic, and yeah, definitely not <laughs> open to the gifts. And in fact, <laughs> that was probably the most sticky part of <laughs> our topics about uh, uh, theology was discussing the gifts. How did those conversations go? They started out fine, and then I would end up in tears, and not because he was being mean, but, or she anything. She just hated that we would could disagree I, on anything at all at the time. Yes, I didn't like that we disagreed, and he was fine that we disagreed. I just was like, he wasn't trying to change my mind. We just discuss it, and then I would just get upset that I couldn't like see it his way, and so, and he was like, it's fine, it's okay. Same with the Sabbath. Like I viewed the Sabbath as you know, keeping the Sabbath and he explained it differently. Eventually I did come around to his way of thinking, but it was the same deal. I'd be like, oh, I don't like that we disagree. <laughs> did you guys have any other disagreements? I don't think so. Did we? No, we, we agreed on a lot of things. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, that's one of the reasons for me that it felt so natural and we developed such a close friendship. We were very, very, very aligned in very important aspects of life. How we thought about the world, how we thought about theology, deep, important topics. We saw eye to eye on very, very, almost entirely the same. But we were extremely different in terms of personality. Like I said before, I was socially awkward. I was very, very, very introverted. I was, a, you know, a straight man. I was <laughs> just, I, I, I was not a fun, outgoing person. And that's exactly what Anna was. <laughs> and it was very much an opposite to tract in terms of personality. And she was good for me. And she has been throughout her whole relationship, married life too. And I... I think I was good for her in some respects yes, too. Of course. So aligned heavily on the things that matter, but very different in a good way in superficial things, which makes things interesting and fun in a relationship. So you guys were long distance. 
Yes. Until at what point? Till you were married? Till we were married. Till you were married. So physical intimacy wasn't really a thing. So when when uh, my family went out to see his family in June, after we officially started our romantic relationship, um, we started holding hands. I, I asked her dad if I could hold her hand. So we did that as much as we possibly could. <laughs> um, so that was we had we had pretty strict boundaries during for, that we set yeah uh for ourselves um during the courtship part of our relationship but um it was that was i think an important part of having those boundaries and safeguards are they're very important especially um when you're real that purposeful yeah to to the outside world our relationship was extraordinarily fast from an official relationship to engagement was only five months and then from engagement to married was five months but we both felt very quickly probably by that june trip that we wanted to get married um and there were a couple obstacles in the way of that. But feeling like we wanted to get married that quickly, it definitely made it more difficult. Um, even even though the distance, and the distance helped. Like I, In some respects, I would say, if at all possible, if you're a single person, don't do a long-distance relationship because it was hard. It was not easy, especially during the engagement. But it also helped <laughs> in the physical aspect, having the distance and separation. And I would say if you are not in a long-distance relationship and you can and you feel the way we felt early on in our courtship, just get, get engaged married. and just get married. <laughs> just do it. Don't wait. Yes. There's... Too much societal pressure on a day, a wedding day, on an engagement. Like five months felt like torture. <laughs> and a lot of people would say that's a short engagement, but I wanted one month. And that would have been long for me at the time. So to answer the original question, yeah, there was <laughs> there was difficulty with the, the physical relationship just because we were both, I mean, we were madly in love with each other very soon and yet we were unable to get engaged let alone married at the time did you guys set any other kinds of boundaries um, outside of like physical whether it be like emotional or spiritual kind of boundaries no i don't think so at all we didn't set any no no we definitely didn't set any um i mean there were there were some boundaries pre-courtship but none Post courtship. I mean, it was very much a part of the movement to be intentional about finding out if this person was who you wanted to marry. Um, and we knew, like I said, very quickly. She, she, I knew <laughs> that I wanted to get married before we started the courtship, and she knew very quickly after we started the courtship that she wanted to get married. Um, and I think. 
in large part that was because we just got to know each other really well in a lot of different areas. Getting emotionally involved with somebody pre-courtship. Too early. Yeah. Yeah. Then you want to be emotionally pure before you are at a point where you know you want to marry someone. Yeah. But... So I, I mean, I, I think I read a book on, about emotional purity, and that was definitely something that was talked about with, like, with my parents. Um, but it wasn't something that, like, we all sat down and had a. Dis- but it was. Yeah, I knew about it. I, I think a lot of, a lot of that was directed at women, in the courtship movement. As guys, you kind of have to go out there, with your heart. <laughs> Because you're leading this relationship, you're leading where you want it to go and how kind of how quickly you want it to go. Obviously, the woman can put the brakes on it, um, but you have to become emotionally involved as you move forward in these relationships. Um, I think what helped us is that, like I said, we talked about a lot of the really important stuff that were important to us in terms of marriage before getting into the more deep intimate conversations on the emotional level we'd had a lot of these conversations in a public forum i mean that's what it is a forum and when i knew i was interested before we met in oklahoma it was a lot of those questions were answered because we as a group were talking about a lot of those things so i knew that very likely there wouldn't be red flags going forward in the big areas. were your parents in your relationship so like i talked about um previously we were heavily involved in the courtship model and the courtship model had an emphasis specifically on the girl's father leading the relationship in a courtship and that that definitely happened um in our relationship um i think part of that i i think it led to some unnecessary problems um i felt when i went to visit under a lot of pressure i don't think necessarily um a lot of growth in the relationship happened then i was obviously very happy to spend time with her I didn't get to see her very often, so that was that was a big blessing. But also, 
I felt like I was performing specifically for her dad. Um, it felt a lot of pressure during those times. And to kind of speak to the, the courtship model as a whole, um, some of the things that I, I, I disagree with now, looking back, um, are as a, a man, you are using this relationship as a testing ground almost for leading a woman as a wife. That's it's kind of a way for her to see how you're going to do this. And if a father is in control of the relationship, you're not really able to see the man leading the relationship the way he should. Um, I So we were also the first <laughs> in both of our families to go through a courtship. So, her parents and mine had obviously heard about other people who had done it, but never gone through it. So there was a lot of testing ground and there was some of that too. And it wasn't perfect in how we did it, but all that to say, yes, her parents were very involved. My parents were always willing to give advice, even though they were, on board with the courtship model it was it was different with a son it was it was kind of at the point where they wanted to make sure that i was pursuing this correctly but they realized that this was part of the process of me leaving them you know as the bible talks about therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and this is the first step on that path and so there was a lot of advice and, and counsel, but they were not as involved in the relationship um, as her parents specifically were. How involved were other parties, whether it be friends, pastors, mentors? Um, not not as involved as they probably should have been, just because the one of the other parts of the courtship model is it's not just parents that should be involved. It's pastors and mentors, and um, I think that would have benefited our relationship um i know it would was tricky because we were online and we didn't have a lot of mutual friends that weren't uh the same friend you know all college students going to school online all long distance it wasn't like we all went to church and knew all the same people and so that what made it we were at a disadvantage I had a couple older women in my life that one was a mom um, with kids in her 30s that she she gave me advice just for myself in the relationship. And then another one was she was a grandma that was a good friend of mine. So, but not not in in the to the two of us, then that would have been helpful. I think that it wasn't necessarily courtship but long distance that made that difficult. Yeah. I mean, th there were times where I would go to my pastor and sit down and talk, and he did give me some good advice through a couple of more rough patches in the, in the, the process, which was really helpful. Um, so there was some of it. But, yeah, like she said, not anything together with other people. Seeing the relationship and then offering advice, it was always filtered through 
how we thought about it going to other people and talking. So Aaron, you had mentioned that pretty early on, you knew that you wanted to marry Hannah and then you, Anna kind of took some time, but eventually you wanted to, to marry him. What was it that made you want to marry the other? Oh, without getting too sappy. (laughs) (laughs) She was, like I said earlier, very different from me. And I loved that about her. I loved her outgoingness. I loved her happiness and her smiling and her, I, she was, she was fun to be with, but also we could connect on a very deep level. We were really good friends, even though it was online and a couple of conversations on the phone, it was, we had a lot of really deep, good conversations that grew our friendship and Obviously, to me, the, the theological stuff was just kind of base level. Like, I needed this to at least somewhat match before even thinking about it. But it was, it was just, I love talking to her, I love being with her, and I love who she was as a person. So, uh, I think for me, it was, um, I mean, when I realized he liked me, I already respected him a lot as a person. Um, because I knew he really knew what he believed and I hadn't met a lot of guys like that. Um, and then, so I was just kind of blown away that a guy that really knew what he believed was interested in me. Um, and then as I got to know him and knew that he wanted to be intentional and he, he wanted the same things that I wanted and that felt like such an anomaly um, compared to any other guy I had ever met. And there were just, there were many things about him that I, I just, I fell in love with everything about him. It doesn't have to be some super spiritual reason. You just love somebody and who they are as a person. And it's, it's special. I was 19, you were 21 The year we got engaged And everyone said we were much too young But we did it anyway We got the rings for 40 each From a pawn shop down the road And we said our vows and took the leap Now 15 years ago Aaron, how did you propose? Okay. <laughs> so I talked about a little bit earlier that there was barriers. Um, even though I wanted to get married or at least engaged faster than we did. Um, one of those that my dad heavily impressed upon me was that I must have a job before I can get engaged. <laughs> That, like I, I said, my parents weren't super 
involved in controlling the relationship, but that was that was something my dad very much impressed upon me. I need to be able to provide for a family, and you've got to have a job before you can get engaged. Because you had graduated with your yes. degree, but you didn't have a job yet. Yes, I yeah. I did an unpaid internship after my At interest in degree, yes, and was searching for a job. I, I had committed to that for three months, and then after that I continued to work there until I could find a job. Um, but yes, we were young. Like I said, we were at this point, we were, I was 20, um, before we got engaged. Um, you had just turned 20 when we did. Um, so yes, young, um, to have a degree that young is an anomaly anyway, but my dad wanted to be sure that I was set up to be able to provide for a family. So I was desperate (laughs) to find a job. During this time, um, my family uh, was taking a trip to Hilton Head Island in South Carolina and uh, had invited Anna to come along with us. Um, At this point, we were both very ready to be engaged. Um, But again, I did not have a job, so nothing, nothing could happen right now. But, you know, we were... My family viewed her like family, and, you know, it was great to have her along on this trip. Um, Her parents at the time were in Russia. Um, Was it finalizing the adoption? When you adopt from Russia, you have to travel two times. Well, you can't adopt from Russia anymore. But um, they were on the first trip to meet the three siblings, my three new siblings, so they were overseas at the time when we when I was in Hilton Head. Right. They were in Russia. So because you had adopted siblings yes, from yes. Russia. Right. Um, and I had already talked to her dad. Um, semi had a plan for when I would propose. Um, basically, at this point, everybody knew I was just waiting to get that job. Um <laughs> Well, on the last uh, last day, or the day before, no, it wasn't the last day of the trip. It was right before she got there. I got word that I had gotten the job that I had interviewed for. I was planning on waiting until I could see her next, which would have been difficult. <laughs> you know, when you're entry-level position, new job, you don't get a lot of vacations. Um, and obviously she was still 500 miles away. So I, I was thinking that the earliest I could go out and propose would be in December. And this was October at the time, uh, end of October. And I had some loose ideas in my head about what I wanted to do. I talked to a couple people. Well, at the end of the trip, I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I don't have a ring. I don't have anything. But I know that I've been waiting for a long time in my head. I know it doesn't seem that way, but in my head, I'd been waiting a long time. And so I was able to get a hold of her parents in Russia. And and I talked to them and said, hey, is it okay if I go ahead and push this up? I've got the job. Can I go ahead and propose here? Because it'd be great. It's Hilton Head. So we are packing up. This was the day before we're leaving, or this is the morning that we're leaving. Um... You asked to go on on a walk on the beach. Yes. 
And Which I was, was getting ready, and his older sister was in the bathroom too. And I was like, "Should I? Should I fix my hair?" And she's like, "Yeah." She knew what he was doing. She's like, "Yeah, my family knew." You you should fix your hair. You're gonna want your hair fixed. I was like, "Okay, I'll fix my hair." So I did, and we went on a walk. And part of the courtship thing is having a chaperone. So his younger sister walked. I don't know. Like she was also the photographer yards behind us. Right. I didn't know that at the time. She's walking behind us, so we're just walking down the beach, and it's, I mean, it's October, so there's not a lot of people there, and then... A funny aside, I was kind of waiting to get to a secluded spot on the beach, and it wasn't very crowded, but I, I didn't want anybody to see me propose because I didn't have a <laughs> ring. <laughs> if people were going to come up to us, I'm like, it would be so <laughs> awkward to explain, but I dropped on one knee and asked her to marry me, and... I said yes. She said yes. And I was very, very happy. Yes. So. So it's, I had elaborate plans and <laughs> threw them out the window and I'm happy that I did because we were engaged. Well, and then, then we walk back and we drive, we're driving from Hilton Head partway back to Cincinnati with his family in a van and he's sitting in front of me and every like, 10 seconds we're just like so happy that i'm just we're just saying oh i love you i love you so much and his sisters are in the car like we're going insane stop he goes their worst car ride ever and <laughs> we still had a hear lot. about it <laughs> <laughs> so but we were very 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 happy so how did you spend the time between engagement and marriage i had a new job no vacation time the little that I did, I was I had to save to go out there and get married and a honeymoon. So we saw each other one time, two times, sorry, two times post-engagement. Um, I went out in December like I had been planning and gave her the ring. Went out well, on we our, went out to eat. Yeah, we went out we on our first official date, like I said. <laughs> Um, and you gave me the ring and it was a nice date. Yes, it was, it was, it was great. And then one time she came out to visit me about a month before the wedding. And I have to say that that part of the long distance relationship was the most difficult time of the relationship. Um, the fact that I had a job now, we couldn't talk as much, the stresses of her hand handling, planning the wedding, and... Well, and my parents were involved. They were finalizing that adoption of the, the three kids. So the whole family actually went to Russia during that time to bring home the three that were being adopted and getting them adjusted to life. So that was also going on. So that was just, and it's the first one of us to get married. And so it was just a lot of stuff. And a long distance wedding is tricky because obviously it was in my hometown, but inviting people, his people that are here in Ohio. And so. I couldn't do a lot of things to help plan. Um, yeah. It was stressful. I would say that it was one of the worst times in our relationship so far was that engagement period just because of 
how stressful everything was for her with the wedding planning, how more restricted our communication was with my new job, and the fact that five months felt like five years. <laughs> uh, like I said, it was it was five months of courtship. The courtship for me felt too long before I wanted to get engaged, and then to have the exact same amount of time for an engagement was awful. <laughs> uh, we we spoke about elopement many times. Never did it, obviously, <laughs> but we just wanted to be married. Um, well, and I think the tricky part with engagement is that you feel like you're married in almost all the ways, and so that's what makes it so hard is that you want it to be all the ways, and you just want to get through all the obstacles that I want that you won't to get there and so and they, and they felt very superficial like not really necessary obstacles um it was all about the wedding ceremony making sure that was all planned and i am not big on ceremonies and i just wanted to be married so it felt like we had to wait these five months for reasons that weren't all that important to me. Um, so it was it was a very stressful time. And we've had many conversations that our advice is really just get married. If you're at the point of engagement, you should be just looking to get married. It doesn't need to be a lavish, amazing party of a ceremony it can be nice and it can be done and arranged quickly and you can just get married and i think that not just for us but for a lot of people that engagement period can be extremely stressful when it shouldn't be you're at the point where you're just waiting to get married you are absolutely in love with each other the, the stresses of the physical intimacy and the desire for it at that time are massively high and we add these arbitrary reasons to delay getting married after engagement that I don't think are necessary. So in hindsight, what are some ways you would have handled all your time before marriage? So this includes courtship, engagement. How would you have handled any of that differently? I don't know that I would. Faster engagement. Other than faster, but... Yeah, I, I loved our relationship. Um, I loved the growth. This, it, in reality, it was a slow growth in love for one another. And I loved how we talked about things and grew close to one another. Long distance is hard. It's really hard. And I would say that unless you really, really have to... <laughs> Don't don't do a long distance relationship because it does add difficulties. But we needed to, and it's what we did, and we we got to know each other really well through a lot of these things. So I guess the one thing I would do I would do differently is bring in more people to be involved in the relationship. Um wisdom and asking for advice and things like that the words to say 
But you, my love, love me anyway. So just go to sleep, and my heart will keep the time. What have you seen of the modern dating environment in the world for Christian singles? Uh, I think I, I've seen, obviously I'm, it's from the girl's perspective, but I have a lot of single girlfriends that desire to be married and are struggling to find men, that there there aren't as many men as there are women. Um but I also think that women, um, that the standards are skewed, <laughs> if you will. Um, that the that women tend to look for arbitrary standards that are personal. And maybe um, belong on a list of nice to haves, but that ends up being what the deal breaker is. And I also think that women don't give guys a chance because there's they don't have a spark or they aren't physically attracted to the man. And I think that 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 shouldn't be a, a problem that you, Girls need to know that th that that will develop as time goes on, and they need to allow there to be a chance for that to happen. I don't know a ton about the dating scene. Um, I didn't know a ton about it back back when I was in the dating scene, quote unquote. But I do know what I see in a lot of young men, especially Christian young men. Number one, I see not a lot of purpose. I think it's important for a man to be going somewhere for a woman to want to go after that. Um, a man's designed to lead and a woman's designed to help him in what his mission is. And I, I, I think I've seen a lot of desperation in men, which is not a good look uh, uh, to women. And I would say you need to focus on what it means to be a godly masculine man, man with a purpose for what you want to accomplish in this world. A lot of modern Christianity is effeminate and young men, for lack of a better term, can be simps and just trying to please a woman just to get her attention rather than being his own man and striving after a goal and a purpose um i think you see that's why you see a lot of young men going after <laughs> people like andrew tate or the like 
they we're not offering anything of value as Christians teaching them to be men. Um, and that's something that we need to do better with is showing men how to be actual men and don't let evil ungodly examples be the one that young men are running to even in the Christian circles. So what advice do you have for single women? The advice I have for single women would be to, first of all, it's going to sound backwards, lower your standards, but I don't mean, I don't mean what it sounds like. I mean, make sure you're evaluating your standards in terms of biblically, what, what really matters and make sure that you're looking for those things in a man and that the things that you would like are on the nice to have list and aren't going to be things that you make a deal breaker, if that makes sense. Um, and also I think women need to be willing to try online dating. And I think women need to just go on the date when a guy asks you out and you do not, you don't know how you feel about him. Just say yes and go out and give him a chance and, um, don't, don't just write him off right away. Just say yes. What are those like must haves that a woman should look for in, in a, in a man? Um, obviously that he loves the Lord and is following after him and, and living in a, a way of believing and repenting of his sins and seeking to follow Christ every day. Um, a man that's being intentional and also a man that's wanting to grow in what does it mean to be a godly man? And, but I think that's, that's it. And all the other things are just, are icing on the cake, if you will. So he doesn't have to be six foot. (laughs) No, he can be any height. It, height it, yes height weight it doesn't matter and even like if 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 he has some a, a history like if, he, if he's repented of his a a sinful past then you that should be some that shouldn't be an, an instant deal breaker you have if he's in a place where he's repenting and believing and that's not his lifestyle pattern that shouldn't be a deal breaker Um, and, and I I think that's why it's key to be doing these relationships with the advice of older folks, mentors, pastors, so that they can help be discerning, but that shouldn't, that shouldn't be a deal breaker. What advice do you have for single men? I would say that you should work hard and put yourself out there, meet girls talk to a lot of them and be friendly be interesting do things that you can talk about with somebody be interested in in activities obviously you have your work you're working hard but you also the, the rest of your time shouldn't just be seeking after trying to find a woman if you if a, a woman can sense desperation enjoy life 
work hard, serve the Lord, serve your church, and have a purpose. That's attractive to a woman. They're called to follow after a man. And if he's not going anywhere, then how can they follow after him? And you've got to be working on that. <laughs>